Hello, folks. Welcome to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. It's Bill Gallagher back with you again uh, this morning. What a beautiful day. Finally, Florida's getting some, some great weather. I've uh, got a very, very uh, distinguished and important guest we're going to introduce in just a minute. But before that, got to give a shout-out to my friends and sponsors at Daytona Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram for their loyal support. Also for the support to the Race to Stop Suicide. Uh, very passionate we all are about that. And uh, our driver, Mr. Daniel Dye, who is doing a doubleheader this weekend in Phoenix. He'll be uh, driving the Craftsman Series truck for GMS Racing out in Phoenix. And then the following day, the Xfinity race. So it's back-to-back. He'll be racing in that, too. And very, very proud of him. Uh, not too long ago, well, actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was down in Homestead, and he did a great job. We had kind of a rough pit stop there. But uh, in Talladega, he came in six, so we're just really, really proud of him. Anyway, uh, don't want to go on and on about that because we got a very important guest. This is Mr. Brian Termail. Brian is a Vice President of Public Affairs with the Associated General Contractors of America. Brian, welcome to the show. Well, Bill, thanks for having me. You kept saying you had an important and distinguished guest coming. I kept thinking, who do you have on besides me? So <laughs> That is you, Brian. <laughs> welcome. Thanks. I appreciate it so much. And so you're up in the Washington, D.C. area. We talked a little bit about the weather. What's going on up there? Well, you know, things are always crazy up here. We've got some chilly weather and some craziness up on Capitol Hill. But besides that, we're trying to make the best of it. Boy, I tell you, the, the, I think you, you need about 200 therapists for what's going on up there. I don't know how you do it, Brian. Congratulations. You know, it has to be some other time, but it's hard to avoid being a cynic. But, you know, one of the, the benefits is, is that, you know, I work for a construction trade association, right? So our members are all out in the real world uh, building things every day. And just talking to them helps keep me sane and practical as we deal with the sort of craziness that is, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. right now. You know, it's really funny you say that, Brian, because, you know, as we're running these businesses and stuff, from time to time we get clogged up. And the thing that really gets us back on track is just go out in the field with the guys and see what they're doing. And and what a tremendous amount of respect we have from these guys are working on roofs and it's 100 degrees out and they're hanging off harnesses and in the solar industry. And, man, I go back to my little desk and I go, I used to do that years ago. Now I go back to my desk and go, I'm so grateful to have such great people. But... You know, this is, what a timely message that you've got right here because everyone is looking for employees. Talk a little bit about what's going on in the construction field. Sure. You, you know, the, look, the construction industry has been blessed in that we've got pretty strong demand all over the country for construction services, right? Private sector is still doing Even with high interest rates, the private sector is doing, doing pretty well. Uh, we're seeing a lot of demand for data centers, warehouse facilities, retail, especially strip malls. Uh, offices not so much, hotels have flown a little bit. And then, of course, the federal government is pumping a ton of money into all kinds of infrastructure and other construction projects. And state budgets are pretty robust in most parts of the country. So there's a lot of work for construction firms. They're building a lot of things out there. Uh, the challenge is, uh, and I know we're not unique as an industry, but the challenge is, is that our members, our, our contractors are having a hard time finding enough people to do the work. Right, and which is shocking because construction pays on average something like thirty-five dollars an hour. Uh, it actually pays eighteen percent more than the average non-farm job in the United States. And and for most of the positions that we're hiring for, you don't need a college degree and all the debt that comes with it. So the, the way I like to put it is, when you drive by most construction sites and you see all those nice-looking pickup trucks in the parking lot of the job site, they're paid for. The, the, the men and women working on those job sites own those 
those trucks, and they probably own the jet skis they're hauling to the beach on the weekends as well. Boy, I'll tell you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I've got to go back in time a little bit because, you know, Brian, you sound like you're a pretty young guy, but you, I'm sure you remember this. But we used to have a thing called BOCES. Remember what BOCES was? No, okay, now you're testing me. What the boat? It's not that jet ski where you stand up in. Uh, that's what I'm thinking about. But anyway, no, no, what is it? Not, not a boat seat. It's called BOCES. So I, I came from the Adirondacks in upstate New York, little tiny town. Uh-huh. And uh, our graduating class actually had 14 people in it. That's how small it was. But we had uh, BOCES, which was basically a, a, a method of if you weren't well-suited for college, you had a trade uh, that you could learn, whether it was carpentry, it could have been plumbing, it could have been auto, all these different things. And over time, you know, I'd say back in the 70s, they started to phase phase this out and push everyone into a college degree. And now here we are. We, we've got people that are that are aged, uh, aging, right? They're still up on the roofs working, and it's just been hard to find people to get back into the trades. Talk about that a little bit. You hit it right on the head, actually. One of the biggest challenges is that the federal government, for every dollar they invest in, you know, what I knew going to high school is vocational ed. They now call career and technical education. For every dollar the federal government spends on career and technical education, they spend five encouraging high school students to go to college, amass a bunch of debt, and then work in an office or some kind of work-from-home job afterwards. And there are a lot, and they've... By doing that, what they've, they've done is sort of caused two problems at the same time, Bill. One is, of course, for our industry and for a lot of other career and technical uh, industries like manufacturing, it's really hard to find workers because are even exposed to those career ta- tracks when they're going through school. The other problem is this. If you're a student who doesn't like the idea of just sitting in a classroom and learning off a dry erase board, and doesn't like the idea of going to college and, and sitting in a, some kind of cube farm for the rest of your career, by, by telling everyone that's the one path to success, we're essentially telling a ton of learners, a ton of students out there, that if they don't like that path, they're not a success, which is why I think in a lot of places in the country you see kind of high dropout rates because kids are getting frustrated. They're thinking, well, geez, you know, I'm not, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to sit under the fluorescent lights the rest of my life. I must not be doing something right. What we should be doing, what the federal government should be doing, what states like Florida should be doing, is giving students multiple options, telling them that there's a career path that could be construction, could be manufacturing, could be going to college, it could be, you name it, any other sort of you know, range of positions or, or, or career tracks, and then letting them decide which career track makes most sense for them. There are going to be some who think, shucks, you know, I want to go to college, I want to, you know, live like L.A. Law or whatever the group or whatever the more modern show is. And there are going to be others who think, I don't ever want to be stuck inside. I like building things. I like being part of a team. I like leaving a legacy of my work that's going to last for decades to come. And I'm going to choose construction. And we should give uh, students those choices and let them figure out the path that works best for them. Uh, and, and in some places, we're beginning to see kind of this return to career and technical education. But boy, we got a long way to go before we're really exposing a lot of students to these careers. So if you go to any job site today and you talk to most of the construction workers who are there and you ask them, how or why did you get into construction? About 90% of them are going to tell you, well, my dad worked in construction. I got an uncle working in construction. I thought it was really cool. Very few are coming into the industry that aren't from the industry, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. You're absolutely right. And as 
as that uh, if I can use this word atrophied through the years, the people that were actually the plumbers and the, and the electricians and stuff like that have retired, and the kids coming up aren't exposed to it, so they don't really have a a source of reference. Uh, I agree that we really need to get back really in the you know in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade and start letting exposing people to the different options and let them decide what's right for them. You made a really good comment about uh, the graduating from quote unquote a college with a huge amount of debt and uh, you know what the other thing that kind of bothers me a little bit uh brian is that we're not really taught in school how to manage debt uh, we get out of school we don't know anything even we don't even know how to balance our checkbook we're thrown out into this environment and then we go to college for four years we get out oh yes yeah, so we got eighty thousand dollars debt how the heck do you pay that down it's, it's, it's lunacy, and in fact, we talk to a lot of our members, and when they hire new employees, what they're learning is is that they have to spend as much time training them on soft life skills as they do on how to actually operate safely in a construction environment and how to operate the different equipment and tools you'd use. So they're teaching them things like how to show up on time, how to, how to present yourself, how to actually communicate with the, the clients when you're on a job site. How to balance your, your checkbook? How to you know how to make a grocery list? I mean, so because we've decided that those things are beneath teaching students, even though they really aren't, employers, our members at least, have almost become like the de facto teachers of all these essential life skills to the people they're working for, and they're doing it because they know that if they don't teach that, then then the, the employees won't have the skills to stay and grow with them when as employees of the firm. So yeah, you know we've 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 really fundamentally lost our way on how we prepare and educate future workers in in this country, and we're seeing that when fewer firms are bidding on building a new school uh, in Daytona Beach because they don't have enough workers to do the job. We're seeing that when the upgrades that need to be made to the local water plant can't get made because there aren't enough men and women working in the industry to actually keep pace with demand for the project. So it's a problem for our members, but but it's also a problem for the broader economy, which is why we've really been pushing to get more investments in career and technical education, and at the same time trying to modernize the way that we as an industry, a construction industry, recruit so that we can use the same kind of technology that like Zappos uses to sell you shoes to reach uh, uh future workers and even current workers and educate them and their families about the opportunities that exist in construction. Yeah, well said. I mean, even, you know, starting at the younger ages, having a curriculum that they can participate in where they can learn a little bit about the construction industry and let them make a decision by the time they get of age to work. We've got a really different set of dynamics down here, Brian, yet it, there's so many people coming to Florida. The last I heard, it was like 1,500 a day coming into the state of Florida. And I, I've often commented, I said, well, you might as well just shut down 95 going north because no one's going north. They're all coming down here. <laughs> well, the problem is when they come down here, you know, there's tons of people looking for work, but there's no workers looking for work, right? It's like it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like some little, you know, uh, like a grocery store will put out this very high dollar figure to come work for the grocery store and it would attract some people but once they get in there they realize that gee i'm only getting 15 hours a week at that wage does that make sense yeah yeah no absolutely. i think we have a real mismatch in what we're preparing workers for and what the economy actually needs 
Uh, and, and, you know, at least in construction, these aren't jobs. These are careers, right? If you start with a construction firm, if you know a craft, if you're a reliable person who's going to show up to work on time, work hard, do your job, you're going to make a lifetime career of that. And the construction workers we talk to all the time, when when you talk to them about their families, they're putting their kids through college. They're, they're putting their kids through medical school. They're fixing up, you know, a 60, you know, the 1960s Chevy Nova as a ho- hobby. It, it, it is the gateway to the middle class that we often like to talk about in this country, but, you know, seems so hard to get to. But we just don't necessarily have enough people that are aware that those career opportunities are available to them. So you've got this weird environment where construction firms are pulling their hair out trying to find people to build housing for all these people coming down to Florida at the same time that all these people come down to Florida trying to figure out how they're going to how they're going to pay for the new housing in Florida. It's crazy. <laughs> it is a, it is a bit crazy and I I see some of the some of the news articles say that we have full employment, but you come down here and everybody has a sign out looking for workers. I never could figure out those two statements gelled. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is it is a challenge. And again, yeah, I think the other thing that we are 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 working hard to accomplish as a construction industry is, just to be frank, we we've done a bad job historically of, of attracting women into construction. Women are, as you might imagine, half the workforce. Yet they're about 11% of the construction workforce. So as we think about getting more people in the industry, we also have to do a much, much better job attracting women into construction uh, because uh, we're never going to solve workforce shortages if we're not reaching half the workforce. Amen to that. Have there ever been any studies done when you compare the construction industry where people go into the industry and ultimately end up owning their own companies compared to going into academia and owning their own companies? It would seem to me that it would be five times more potential of actually owning an electrical company than it would be a law firm. Am I way off on that? You know, I, I haven't seen hard numbers, but anecdotally, that's absolutely true. I can't tell you how many people who are the owners of our, you know, the companies that are our members who started with a broom or a shovel in their hand. It, it is, um, it is definitely one of those industries where uh, uh, many people start as a craft worker. That's sort of the, the, the men and women in jeans and boots out doing the construction work. They advance up to sort of project management, project supervisor. They end up in the C-suite of their company, and then they, they break off and they start their own construction firm. It is a very entrepreneurial business, and there are, you know, there are like a handful of airlines, right? There are a handful of shipping companies. There are thousands of construction firms around the country. Now, it's, 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 a, it's a challenging and risky business, but it is one that is, you know, where you see new startups all the time, and you definitely can work your way up the ranks. And not just for folks that, you know, were born and raised in Florida, born and raised in New York and drove down I-95 and stayed in Florida. But we've got a lot of folks who legally came into the country, and they're achieving the American dream by working in construction and starting their own firms as well. Boy, God bless them. We need some more over here. Hey, Mike, uh, hold on just a second, folks. We're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk to Brian. This is really interesting, so stay with us. We'll be right back. If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your phone, you know it's not us. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. 
Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. Solar fit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. Bill Gallagher. I'm speaking with Brian Termail, who is the Vice President of Public Affairs with Associated General Contractors of America. Holy, Brian, that is a long, long uh, name, but it's very apt. Appreciate it. You bet. Sometimes I just go by spokesman. It seems easier, and everyone understands what the heck that means. So. <laughs> I know everybody has initials for everything, but I thought I'd read it all the way out there. So we had a great discussion, folks. If you didn't catch the first part of this, please go to our podcast uh, and listen in because it's really, really important. If you have kids out there, uh, if you're uh, of age that would like to work, man, there's still plenty of opportunity. Uh, Brian, I want to tell you just kind of an offshoot here is we have just recently been approved by the Florida Department of Education to start what we call a Flossia solar apprentice program and it's strictly just what we're talking about here is we want to introduce people into the renewable energy field and we want them properly trained so we've got an avenue for that them to go forward so we're we're in lockstep with you guys that that's fantastic and you know something we didn't we didn't talk about this before the break but something that we've seen as well when uh there are a lot of you years ago i was a teacher not a successful one but we always talk about learning modality basically means different people learn in different ways. And there's a lot of people, and I'm one of them, that math never made sense, right? I, I could, to this day, not tell you what sine, cosine, tangent are. But what we found is that when we teach math and science skills in particular in a construction environment, where it's not a concept, but it's a reality, that actually there are a lot of learners that are more able to grasp difficult math and science concepts if they learn it when figuring out, you know, how to lay out a building, how to install solar panels, how to... You know, what are the right lengths of the cuts on the pipe that you're going to install? So even if folks never end up in a construction career, teaching those construction skills, we found, is an incredibly effective way to reach different types of learners on key science and math skills. It, 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 which, if you think about it, makes sense because they're not abstract concepts. They're actually real-world challenges. And, so, and learning these things with your hands-on approach is a much better way than sitting there looking at a dry erase board. Boy, amen. And I wonder if there's any connection between, you know, maybe shy or people with not a lot of confidence uh, to go into school of higher learning where they can enter into something like this with their peers and learn going forward and, and develop some confidence where they, I mean, what, what could be better than owning your own pickup truck if you're a young guy or gal, right? Absolutely. I read an anecdote once of the, a guy who's a crane operator in, out in Seattle, and uh, he says, you know, every morning I wake up with a view of one mountain chain and then the sunset on the other mountain chain. And he goes, then I'll go to one of those downtown bars after work, and everyone's kind of looking at me like, who's this construction guy? He goes, but I think to myself, I've got more money in the bank, and I own my car, and I don't have any debt to worry about. But to your point about the, the shy students, you know, I get the the occupational hazard, I get to go visit a lot of the, the construction sort of high school programs that exist around the country. And every teacher I've ever talked to has a story about a couple students that are like, this is the student that never raised their hand in class. They were always worried about, you know, you know, you know being heard in school because they were worried about showing how they weren't good students. He said, and then you put them, in, you know, have them be an equipment operator or put them on a, you know, a carpentry task, and all of a sudden they're the best student in the class. 
because it does wonders for their confidence and it's actually you know reinforces them that they're they are successful they just are successful in a, in a different task than some other student and it really does bolster their confidence so going back to my point that different folks learn in different ways different students have different strengths in different ways and giving them more options it Definitely a way to show more students that they're successful and get goes back to that cut and that dropout rate. Look, look, yes, we'd love for everyone who's studying construction to go work in construction. But we'll take it as a win if there are just more people studying construction and they just end up being better students and better citizens as a result. Yeah, for sure. You know, I can't help but think of uh, people in the construction trade. They just they kind of have a different mentality, right? Like it's 6 o'clock in the morning by then. They've already gotten up and done a few push-ups or few pull-ups and sit-ups, and they're ready for the day, and they're full of vinegar and everything like that. And then you contrast that with, well, I don't have to be to class until like 10 o'clock. I mean, there's a different mentality there. But I think when you dip your toe in the construction, you get used to it. You, it's your lifestyle. It's, it's just the way you operate. I think it's great. Well, if you think about it, you know, like I'm a spokesman, right? So I work in an office job, and and I measure progress in increments, right? Like, you know, how much did I write today? How much news coverage did I get? What did I accomplish? How many meetings do I attend? If you work in construction, you measure your success in physical achievement, right? You know, we added a floor to the building today. We paved 15 miles of of highway today. We installed two pre-assembled bridges into place today. There are actual tangible signs of what you're doing every day and i think that instills a sense of pride in construction that 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 you don't necessarily see in other jobs going back to picking on myself i have never ever attempted to take my children to the office and get them to read and admire some of the press releases i've written even though i think they're perfect but every construction worker i've ever talked to has the same story of how they'll take their family they'll take their friends they'll take their parents They'll drive them around town and show them the building they built, the airport they built, the highway they built, the bridge they built. There's a pride that comes with working in construction that probably gives you, gives the, the, those workers that swagger you're talking about. Absolutely. You know, we, we see it in, in our business. Uh, we see it in our business, Brian, because I, I actually have heard my employees right say that they didn't know I was listening. I guess we say, you know, I'm going to be able to tell my kids that uh, we actually were on the ground floor of this renewable energy uh, revolution. And look at all these systems. We have. I mean, there's a sense of pride there that they have that creates a sense of pride in me that that we're doing something special. Anybody in the construction field, can they can feel the same way. That's absolutely right. You know, they're, they're building that a more energy-efficient future for our country. They're building a more efficient or effective transition system. They're building the facilities that keep our parents healthy and safe in the hospitals. They're, they're building the facilities where our children are going to learn. They're making it enormous. I mean, if you think about it, construction, is, and I know it's a bad pun, it's the foundation of the rest of the economy. It really is. Yeah, well, think, of the, think of the roads and the bridges and the things. I mean, really, the, a lot of that stuff is in great disrepair through the years since Eisenhower said, okay, let's build this thing across the country. Man, there's so much work out there, and, and struggling to find people kind of doesn't make sense. So that w- the mission that you're on is so important, man. I, I, how, do you, how do you go about getting people excited and, and, and uh, engaged? Yeah, a little bit like I was talking about before, we're using a lot of um, – the answer is a lot of ways, but one of the ways that we've been investing a lot of money in and we're seeing great results in is using – sort of the digital technology, this digital advertising that companies are using to sell people shoes or other merchandise. 
we're using it to sell people on high-paying careers in construction. It allows us to identify folks that, you know, maybe, you know, from communities that didn't traditionally have a lot of people working in construction or folks that, you know, are, you know, graduated from high school, had some, uh, you know, took some vocational ed classes, but they're now they're working as a barista in a Starbucks. And we're reaching them and explaining to them that they can, you know, the opportunities that exist in construction. And it's not just as a, as a craft person. I mean, we've got construction firms that are using robots. They're operating drones. They're using autonomous vehicles. We need all kinds of skill sets in the construction industry. We even need accountants. We need lawyers. We need marketing people. Any kind of skill set that there's a need for in the construction industry. And as the, the machines get smarter, right, through artificial intelligence and machine learning, you're going to see more and more robotics on construction job sites, which means if you like to operate with technology, if you like to code, there are going to be a lot of opportunities opening up, uh, even more opportunities opening up in construction than today, and then there definitely were five years ago. So we're trying to reach people using digital technology so that as they're on their phone, as they're at home, as they're on their gaming system, even as they're streaming TV, they can see messages about construction, and the people in their households can look up messages in construction. Because the other thing, though, where we've always had a hard time is the kitchen table. Johnny or Alice comes home and she says, Mom, Dad, Aunt, Uncle, I want to work in construction. And for the last 40 years, the answer is usually, no, 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 you're going to go to college and get an office job. But now that their aunt and uncle or their caregivers are seeing those messages because of digital technology, digital advertising, they might say, you know what, that actually makes sense. I can see that you don't have to amass college debt and you'll make good money and you'll you'll be part of a team. Absolutely, let's support you and get you on that pathway into construction. Boy, you're right about that. That is so good. You need the support of your family. You know, you, you made a comment there, and, and I love coffee. Don't get me wrong, but you know, you could go to college, you graduate from college, and you go in to work in a coffee shop, and the the promotion you get is you can actually go from coffee to pouring latte, right? So, how do you get these folks that are kind of locked into a potentially no uh, forward destination into the into the field, and you've got it right. You got through digital marketing. Everyone's on their phone these days, looking at stuff. That's a, that's brilliant. Let, let's you know, and so we've been trying to modernize the way this industry advertises because we got to meet people where they are. And the fact is that most people these days are online. So let's reach them, and let's once we can reach them, we're pretty confident that we can win that soda challenge. To not use a brand name, that soda challenge, and, and that there'll be enough people to think. That looks intriguing. I'd like to do something like that. I like having a different challenge every day. I like building things, and I like spending some time outside. Wow. Well, Brian, you guys are doing a great job. How can people help? How can they learn more about it? Do you have a website to go to or anything? No website. Just kidding. Yes, we absolutely do have a website. Anyone who's interested, because they're looking for better career options or they've got someone they know looking for career options, just visit us online. If you go to... Uh, AGC for Associated General Contractors, right? AGC.org. Uh, and then you can click on the workforce section there. Lots of information about different career opportunities that exist in construction. And then if you go to the spot where you can find our different chapters, we've got 89 chapters around the country, including two marvelous chapters in Florida. Uh, just each of those chapters is going to have lots of information about the opportunities that exist in your local area about construction. So go to the Florida East Coast Associated General Contractors, South Florida AGC, and they'll give you lots of information about where to get the skills you need to work in construction, who's hiring in construction, and how to apply for those career positions. And that is that is great. As soon as this interview is over, I'm going to your website. 
Right. Go a little more about it, but uh, we're almost out of come time. On, come on up, and then and, and if and if people don't want to sort of navigate the, the website, that you can just type in workforce.agc.org, and you'll get to all the information you need right there. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Folks, I, ho- I hope you had a chance to listen to this again. If you tuned in late, we brought, we're talking to Brian Termail, who's Vice President of Pub- Public Affairs for the Associated General Contractors of America. We're talking about putting people to work and training adults and young people coming up so that they have a, a profession and they, uh, have, they have a life skills for a pr- profession. Brian, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you. Hey, Bill, pleasure to have me. Or have you? Let me try again. Bill, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be on. So, uh, folks, are going to sign off for now. Join us out in Phoenix to watch the race, and we'll see you next week. SolarFit Renewable Energy Radio Show, paid for by SolarFit. 